0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. So so good to be here. Um, Glenn, I just, if we could just turn me down a wee bit, that'd be great. Thanks, mate. (coughs) Glenn, I was just thinking during the week, um, thinking about you, bro, and I remember like seven years ago, Breezy and I were going through a real tough patch in our marriage and I spoke to you and you took me out for coffee and, you know, you're just a legit man of God. You spoke so much life into me and, and you just poured, poured yourself in, so it's such an honour for me to be here today and, like, I, do, I seriously do not feel like a guest speaker, a guest minister, I feel part of this family. Living, Living Waters is my home and this is my batch and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just feel really blessed, and I love you, man. I believe in you, and I've you know this is not a generic message. I I prayed this week, and I believe I've got a message for you guys. And Deb, uh, I was standing down the back, actually, where you are now, and uh, and I was just looking at you, and I I was looking at your hands, and I know that sounds super weird, and uh, and I said, God, what's the guts with her hands? Are they okay? And uh, could you come up here? <clears throat> and what I, um, what I believe God was saying is these hands, they usher in the presence. They usher in healing when you're on those keys. But you see, what God wants you to know, that these hands have been anointed to heal the sick. See, the Bible says, lay your hands upon the sick and they will recover. And I want you to know just as you're pushing those keys, you're 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 sending out a sound to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted. But these but these hands, this next season for these hands are to heal the sick outside of the building as well as inside of it. I believe there's such an anointing on you that you're stepping into to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, but also to heal physical bodies. In Jesus' name. Hey, and uh, I, I've got a book, which is amazing because I can't read. So uh, that's a miracle right there. So if we could just have that slide up. I've got some merch here. We, uh, we decided over lockdown, because this is what I do full time, that we'd get some merch together, hoodies and bits and pieces. So every cent that we sell goes into Global Gospel Movement Trust, which enables me to carry on doing what I'm doing. And, uh, and that's very exciting. So, and this book's really cool, my favorite page is this page here and it says don't be weird <laughs> when you're sharing the gospel don't be weird get your coffee there bro so we've got that up there that's great and uh, i just want to play a very short clip of uh what god has placed on my heart for this next season for for us and also for new zealand if you could just play this clip it'd be amazing success is you just stepping over that line and going for it and what if no matter what you say but you say that name jesus what if we really believe that that is a sin? hey guys andrew cannon here and i have some really exciting news i want to share with you me and a precious friend of mine evangelist Daz chettle well we've come together we've come together for a reason and that is to stage and host evangelism equipment schools these schools will be called harvest now and it is exactly what it says on the tin there is a harvest out there and we want to teach train and equip evangelists in soul winning these schools will take place globally and we just want to bring to your attention that these schools are on the way harvest now evangelism school and we look forward to seeing you there we look forward to teaching training equipping and sending you guys out our heart is to inspire as many people as we can to share the gospel and train you and equip you to be bold for Jesus. You know what? The world needs you to share the gospel every day, and we would love to help you on that journey. God bless, guys. We love you heaps. Awesome. So we're, yeah, we're doing two in New Zealand, two in Aussie, one in London, and one in the USA in 2021 so it's exciting and uh, I believe it's time for the body of Christ to rise and shine and be that bright light that we're supposed to be but you can't give what you haven't got so I believe it's freely we receive and we kind of do that bit really well the receiving bit freely we receive there's no full stop it's freely we receive so freely we give this, uh, I was just thinking during the week, what's a cool story to explain the simplicity of the gospel? Because you don't need a PhD to share the gospel. You don't need a, 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 to have attended Bible college for 15 years to share the gospel. If you go to Bible college, that's amazing. But you don't need that. You see, we've got Michael here. Stand up, Michael. Turn around and wave. Okay. So Michael, Michael's selling the merch and he's going to share his testimony, second service, it's going to be off the chain. Because eight weeks ago, Michael was shooting heroin up his arms. And he'd been doing that for twenty five years. That's a pretty full on addiction. And Pastor Wes and myself prayed for him eight weeks ago and now he's free. Totally free. No more shackles, no more chains. And you see, he shares the gospel. But eight weeks ago, he was sticking needles in his arms. You see, Saul of Tarsus was killing people. He was a gnarly dude. He had one encounter with God, just like Michael, and rocked the world for Jesus. It blows my mind that Paul the Apostle, before, you know, he was Saul of Tarsus, he knew the Old Testament. He could just rattle it off. But after his encounter, he said, I only want to preach Christ and Christ crucified. I think, I think we need to bring Jesus back into our church services. I think we need to stop talking about revival and start talking about Jesus. So here we go. Breezy and I were doing Unleashed up in, uh, in Wellington. And, uh, oh, this is going to be a little bit awkward. Lynn? So we were staying at this camp. And the food at the camp wasn't my type of food. It, wasn't, it was lovely food. Vegeta, what are those words? Vegeta, but there was lots of vegetables, whatever they are. And I said to Brie, "I said I can't cope with this food anymore. I'm getting so thin. I need to have some fish and chips." And she said, "Yes, I think that's a good idea." Well, no, she didn't actually. So went to the fish and chip shop, got some fish and chips, and a burger, coke, um, Z, Coke, Z. and. Uh, and we uh, ate, and then I went and grabbed my phone, but my phone wasn't in the car. I left my phone at the fish and chip shop. So I thought to myself, well, we need to go back there. And I thought, well, if we go back, I could perhaps get a donut. Pudding. We here will have pudding. So I thought I could have some pudding. And, I th- and I, so I rang the fish and chip shop. So they said, no, no, on Breezy's phone, they said there's been no phone handed in. And I went, oh, Okay. So I thought, you're lying. You're lying to me. So we're going to go there. Brie's going to ring my number. I'm going to hear it in the fish and chip shop. I'm going to jump over the counter and grab my phone and then present the gospel. I thought that would work really well. So we get into the fish and chip shop. Brie rings the phone, and I can't hear it. I'm going, oh, man, that's not cool. Maybe it's not here. But as Brie was ringing my phone, someone answered. How's it? And Bree goes, oh, hi, you've got my husband's phone. You? Cool, where are you? And this guy was a young guy working on the, on the roads doing asphalting, not far from the fish and chip shop. So we got the address. We went round to the work site. I got out of the car and started sharing with him. He gave me the phone. I said, bro, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Where did you find it, man? He goes, oh, it was um, on the counter. I said, what, the counter of the shop? He goes, yeah. I went, oh. Did you steal my phone? He goes, Yeah, I wanted an iPhone, eh? I said, Well, why did you answer it then? Not a very good thief. Like, hello, you wouldn't answer it, would you, if you stole it? And he said, Yeah, well, every time it would ring, I saw the picture on the phone and I realized I can't steal this phone. This is my screensaver. You see, that is the simplicity of the gospel. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Michael, eight, month, uh, eight weeks ago, was shooting needles in his arm. Now he's telling people about Jesus. Why? Because he's a new creation. Because when he said, Jesus, here I am, Jesus said, awesome, come. The old has gone. Your, your past has no, absolutely no say in your future. So today, I just really quickly want to hit this. I want to talk to you about The One. The One. If we could have that slide. Wow, that's cool. Michael's wife, Carmen, she's an absolute legend. She actually, her and Breezy, Breezy would be here today, but my little Benji's a wee bit sick. So she's at home, which is, she, I think she's watching online. Hey, Breezy. <laughs> I didn't get that donut. <clears throat> so Carmen Michael's wife has helped me for years with all my slides, and she made that slide. I said to her a couple of days ago, I need a slide on the one, so she made it. And she's been a massive blessing. I just really want to honor and honor you, bro. Really looking forward to hearing your testimony. So here's the deal. God is interested in the one. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 12, that he leaves the 99 to go and get the one. He leaves the 99 to go and get the one. I wonder what that looks like in everyday life. You see, because the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, it talks about Philip and the eunuch. That's amazing. I haven't got time to really preach a lot about it today, but it's an incredible picture of a divine appointment, of going after the one. You see, as Philip walked up to the chariot, the, the, the eunuch in the chariot was reading the book of Isaiah. Hey, bro, how are you? Do you know anything about what I'm reading here? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Then he shares the gospel. It's a divine appointment. Philip wasn't on his knees in a church service saying, God, use me, send me, make me a divine appointment. He just knew that he had Christ in him, the hope of glory. So what does that look like in everyday life? A friend of mine, uh, uh, myself and a friend of mine, were walking through a mall, 10 o'clock at night. The mall was closing. And uh, as we're walking past these two girls, I look over and one of them's crying like full-blown snot bubbles. So I walked over to them. Why would I walk over to them? Because God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Two-thirds of God's name is Go. We need to go. As we walked up to these girls, the the girl that was crying said to her friend, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in God? As she says that, there is two Christians, not evangelists, two normal Christians just like you. See, the, the job of the evangelist is to equip and to inspire, not to share the gospel. I'm an evangelist, that's why I'm putting on schools around the world. We were not doing evangelism. We were just sharing the gospel because it's Christ in us. So I started sharing with this girl, she's broken, man. We got to pray for her. It was powerful. We were the right people at the right time going after the one. Check this video out. If we could dim the lights too, please.
1: Right now, my friend and I, my friend is going through a difficult patch in her life and... Her
0: friend's, we're not going to film her friend, her mm-hmm. friend's just here, really, really upset. So t- tell us what's happened.
1: My friend Abigail goes to me, do you believe in God, and I go, yes I do. Do you believe in miracles? And I go, yes I do. And as of right now, you know, we're having a discussion, she's upset, and these two beautiful pastors come up to us, help us out with a prayer, and enlighten us with so much knowledge and. Bring so much negativity out of the room, and it's crazy because as we're speaking about miracles,
0: this, wow. this blessing
1: comes to us. Well, especially Abigail. Wow. Yeah.
0: You see that it really shocked you. It
1: it really did. Like I almost started crying right now because it's, it's just the things that the Lord can do in yeah. so many different ways and
0: forms. You know what? This is what a divine appointment looks like. Abigail was broken as we walked past. And I said to her, "Hey, look, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I've got four kids. Can I just give you a hug?" Gave her a hug, prayed for her, and uh, it's Jesus, man. This is just a beautiful example of Jesus going after the leaving the 99 to go after the one. Yeah. He loves you so much. Just normal Christianity. Just normal Christianity. Just sharing the gospel wherever we go. Why? Because we love God. Just as standing there, I just I just feel to share this. This has got nothing to do with um, my message, but I think it's got everything to do with it. Psalm two says this, Psalm two, verse eleven says, Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son. Now this was written thousand and forty four years before Jesus. This is pretty cool kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment blessed are all who take refuge in him i believe if we were to fear god we would not fear people see there's not two gods of the bible there's not the gnarly heavy god in the old testament and this lovely gracious god in the new testament it's the same god the only thing that's different is jesus and for me, in my own personal walk with God, the more I studied and where's helping me understand a healthy fear of God, the more I fell in love with Jesus. So a wee nugget for you. So I just told you about Philip and the eunuch. Amazing. But what I think is so incredible, if we go up to Acts 8, verse 4. It tells the story that I think, wow, this is going after the one. It says in verse 6, when the, so Philip is in Samaria, he's preaching, he's a young man, 19 years old. It says this, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they, post, they paid close attention to what he said. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't it be awesome every time we preach or minister that people would just... Pay close attention to what we say. I think that would be amazing. Uh, many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Okay, and this is, this is where I want to land it. Verse 8. So there was great joy in the city. So there was great joy in the city. You see, we would call that revival. Imagine if there was great joy in Rangira. Because one 19-year-old is up preaching the gospel. Because one 19-year-old is stepping out of the boat, believing the word, believing that he carries God, and there's great joy in the city. So then we go back to Philip when he goes for this walk down the desert road, which is actually 100 Ks. It's kind of like walking to sandal. And you don't have amazing footwear like today. He wasn't wearing Nike ears. So he says, the angel of the Lord says, go. So he goes. Not, of it. hang on. Hang on, what would you say? Because, like, seriously, do I go 20Ks and then I meet someone? Or do I go the whole way? Or do I, are you sure? You sure you want me to go? He didn't say, do you know I'm actually kind of a big deal? Do you actually know that there's great joy in the city because I'm there? You really want me to go for a walk, 100K, but can you see my fruit? Did he say, well, I'm more of a crowd guy. I'm better with the crowds. I've got fruit to prove it. There's great joy in the city because I'm preaching. So when the angel of the Lord came to him, did he have these excuses? What other excuses did I write down? Well, I'm only 19. Did he say, well, I'm not that good one-on-one? I'm not that good one-on-one. Did he say that? Did he say, I don't actually like going for walks? I mean, I could think of a thousand excuses why I wouldn't like to walk to Dunsandal. But you see, God had a plan, and God has a plan for you. You see, God got Philip, the man in the moment, the guy that's doing these amazing things. He took him out of that city, got him to walk down this dusty road to meet one person, one eunuch. One divine appointment. He was going after the one. You know what? If you want to see a hundred thousand, uh, sorry, ten thousand people saved in your city, that's the the cry of this church. Is, this is at the heart of the church to see a ten thousand soul harvest in North Canterbury. It starts with one. It doesn't start up here. It starts out there when we've got to put some effort in. We've got to divorce the pride and the fear. You see, because that one eunuch, he took the gospel to Ethiopia. Ethiopia got the gospel because one eunuch had a divine appointment with a normal Christian. And it was a normal Christian who was doing really well. I just want to share this still got a bit of time, praise God. Now, I want to share this because it's, uh, it's not a lovely story to share because I'm going to be quite vulnerable, and I think that's good. I think the days of, man, ministers getting up and trying to pretend that I've got it all together when they haven't, I think that's actually sin. I think it's okay to be real. I think it's okay to be honest. I went to Glen because my marriage was falling apart. I, uh, last year I went to, interesting, I preached here, and then the next day I flew to Austria for Awakening Europe, and, uh, and it was a massive 10 days, and then I come home, I've got three days at home, and I've got to go and preach at a conference in Sydney, and, uh, and I was rinsed, I was jet-lagged, I was tired, and I was saying to Brie, I, I don't want to go to Sydney, But you see, Cindy had done all this promo stuff and, you know, I I have to go. But I didn't want to go. I miss my kids. I've got four beautiful kids. I don't want to be the guy that saves the world and loses my family, man. And I was tired. And I went to this conference and everyone's all, yeah, yeah, awesome to have you here. And I'm just, oh, yeah, cool. And I'm just going, I wish I was at home with my kids. And on this Saturday night, and and there's some really well known ministers speaking at it. I didn't care. I just wanted to be home. And on the Saturday night, I was sitting on the front row and I had my microphone on, ready to get up and start preaching. and, And I'm just going, God, what's going on? I felt like I was just so fake. I just felt like I didn't, I didn't belong there. I didn't want to be there. You know, for years and years and years, I wanted to be a a traveling preacher. And now I've been doing it for years, I want to be a drain layer. (laughs) Sometimes ministry's brutal, man. We're the only army that I know that we shoot our own soldiers when they're wounded. It's got to stop, man. And, um, and I got up to preach. The first thing I did before I stood behind the pulpit, I went, oh, that's not a great way to start. I had nothing to give. And I was so scared, man. And, uh, and I just started telling some stories and I could feel that God was with me. He was anointing my tongue. I could just feel it. And it, it was amazing. And no one in the new room knew that I actually wanted to be back in my hotel room, FaceTime with my kids. And I, I, I preach, I do this altar call, people start responding, it's, God moves. God moves powerfully through us, no matter where we're emotionally at. Because it's Christ in us. So interesting, last Sunday I was preaching in New Plymouth and the Lord said to me, just lie down, do an altar call and lie down. So I'm lying down in the church And people are just flooding the altar, and God's just doing what God does. It's not about people. You know, sometimes we can read so many different books about the book instead of reading the book and getting to know the author. So as this altar call's happening, God says, I want you to hit suicide. I'm going, what? Hit suicide? No, I don't think that's a great idea, God. God. I think we've done quite well here tonight, considering how I feel. I think if I hit suicide, I'm not, not sure that's your best plan. And he keeps saying, I want you to hit suicide. So I did. I went, hey guy, you guys, you might be suicidal in here. God wants to set you free. Praise God. And he said, no, I want you to hit it properly. So I stood up and I started preaching against suicide. And I said, if you're suicidal, do you need to get up here right now? I see this young girl just burst into tears and come to the altar. You see, she'd planned as the conference was on to take her own life. She'd planned how to do it. She'd planned where to do it. She planned when to do it when the conference is on. But her friend keeps saying, come and listen to this evangelist from New Zealand with dreads and tats. But no one knew the evangelist from New Zealand. He wanted to be in New Zealand, not in Sydney. But God was after the one that day. You see, that day changed her life. That day, the shackles, the the chains of suicide broke off her. In one moment, it's not about how emotionally we're feeling, man. It's not about feelings. It's about the fire of the gospel. It's about the power of the gospel. I want you to watch this two-minute clip. And then if you need to get right with God, I want you to come and kneel on this altar maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Today's your day. Maybe I'm here today for the one. Maybe I'm here today just for you. Just watch this, and if God's on your heart, get down here. Okay, so a week ago, just tell me what was happening in your world a week ago.
1: Um, a week ago, I was uh, feeling really depressed. I was like I... Like, I just felt like God wasn't with me and I was constantly praying, like, where are you? I wasn't hearing anything. Um, And I just got so down to the point that I wanted to die. Like, I just, I couldn't see a way out. I wasn't happy. My head was that this weekend, I felt like that was the time that I would be able to end my life because everyone was busy. I have this black leather bumper book that I got a few years ago that I would plan all my suicide stuff. I'd write all suicide letters, my funeral plans, everything, like down to what song I wanted to play at my funeral. And um, well, at first when does said, like, I can sense that there's someone struggling with suicide in the room. I was like, mm, that could be anyone. I was like, OK, that's anyone. And then as soon as he said, like, it's a young girl, I was like, whoa, like what are the chances? God was telling me that I'm seen because I didn't feel seen. I felt like he wasn't there for me at all, but really like he does see me and I know now like that he sees me and I feel
0: very seen. Awesome, that's beautiful. So you may be going, well, what does the gospel even look like? It looks like this. A young lady wants to take her own life she plans the day she's gonna do it. She plans how she's gonna do it. She she plans to do it when her friends are at a Christian conference. Then one of her friends says, you need to get to that conference and there's a bit of conflict there. She ends up coming to the conference, a bit sour, not really into it. And then God splits her heart open. And then 24 hours later, she says, A, she feels seen by God. She feels significant and B, God loves you so much. You get it, eh? Yeah, I do. You really get it. Yeah.
2: That's the Gospel. I was at a Christian conference. My church was running. Daz was the guest speaker, and he got a word from God about a girl who was considering suicide. A girl I knew stood, but there was another girl who needed to stand. That girl was me, but I couldn't stand. My children were there, and um, I just couldn't. Um, But that word, that word saved my life. Even though I still went ahead, I still went down to the rocks in Kronoa, um, a high bar. I was looking down at the rocks and I was gonna jump, but that word stopped me. That word meant that God knew my heart. He knew what was going on for me. He knew I was so tired and so burdened with trauma that I just couldn't bear it anymore. Um, Just because you're a uh, Christian, you're not immune to the ploys of the devil. Um, But God sees you and God loves you and he's not going to let you go.
0: That's our Jesus. That's Jesus. That he leaves the ninety-nine. go and find the one my question is today where are you at with Jesus where are you at with him we don't need the lights dimmed or we don't need eyes closed Jesus died publicly on a cross he told me in lockdown he said when you preach the gospel you always talk about how I died on the cross how I was hanging on the cross He said, make sure you never forget to tell my people that I was half dead before I got to the cross. That he was marred like no other man. That he was mocked. his, His beard was ripped out. They put a sack over his head. They punched him in the face. And they said, if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. Jesus did that for you. The Bible says it pleased the father to bruise his son it pleased God to see Jesus ripped apart on a cross for you and for me. You see, that's what love looks like. Sin is the problem. Sin separates us from God. That doesn't mean God walks away from us. That means it pushes us away from God. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.